0: You're tuned to WFHB. Volunteer-powered, listener-supported.
1: Community Radio for South Central Indiana.
2: Good afternoon. Reporting remotely for WFHB, this is Benedict Jones.
3: And I'm Cade Young. This is the WFHB Local News for Tuesday. June 6th, 2023.
2: Later in the program, environmental correspondent Zero Rose speaks with Hank Duncan, bicycle and pedestrian coordinator for the city of Bloomington on the city's greenways, streets that allow automobiles and parking that are also designed as corridors made safer for those utilizing greener modes of transportation. More in today's feature report.
3: Also coming up in the next half hour, we have Little Bub's Little Show a co-production between WFHB and Lil' Bub's Big Fun. But first, your local headlines.
2: On June 1st at the Bloomington Community Advisory on the Public Safety Commission, Commissioner Carolyn Leinenbach suggested that the commission look into making Bloomington a sanctuary city for individuals receiving gender-affirming care.
0: So this kind of is a a follow-up from that, of course, uh, Senate Rule Act 480 is just passed and it's going to come into action on July 1st, and that's going to ban gender-affirming care for people under the age of 18. Uh, Folks that are currently receiving gender-affirming care are going to have to cease receiving gender-affirming care according to this law. So um, at least one other city, Kansas City, has declared themselves like a sanctuary city for transgender folks. And I feel like that would be a very reasonable thing for us to propose um, to the Bloomington government here. The, basically, the, what what you're saying is that as a city, Bloomington would choose not to um, aggressively pursue any prosecution um, of people receiving that care, their family members, or um, healthcare workers who are trying to prescribe gender-affirming care. As well. So, um, I think it would be something that we could um, research up. A lot of these laws are specifically targeting um, gender minorities. And a lot of times, like transgender youth are the most greatly affected. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a lot of like um, mental health fallout from that. Folks are feeling a lot of stress and anxiety uh, related to that, um, concerns about receiving health care. So I, I feel like that would be a, a possible proposition that we could write um, up and submit as a group if anybody else is interested in
2: working on that. Next, Commission Member Nishla Routsong gave an update on the Alternative Public Safety Outreach Special Committee.
4: So, for the Alternative Public Safety Outreach Special Commit- Committee, uh, we're working on compiling our report and recommendations. Uh, and we're a bit behind on uh, the deadline or the timeline of what we had hoped. Uh, due to two of the three of us uh, getting severely ill uh, in the last couple of weeks. Um, However, we are making progress on processing uh, the data and information that we received in our outreach and um, compiling our recommendations based on that outreach. The report itself Re- will represent two years of research and outreach, and we'll cover the background process, independent research, and community outreach that was performed. Um, and so it's going to be at least 20 pages, and mm-hmm. the recommendations h- will hopefully be less than five pages. Based on this unexpected delay and the very large, I mean, comparatively compared to most of our work, large size of the report, uh, we, our special committee does ask for all of the commission members to please check your email frequently in the next few weeks. And if you are able uh, to attend one to two working meetings, I don't know if there's already a working session scheduled. Um, if not, we may ask if we can schedule one uh, in you know, like possibly even two before the next CAPS meeting in July so that we can get as much feedback as possible um, from everyone on the commission on our work uh, before presenting it in July at the next meeting. Since uh, we actually don't have time in these meetings to do real work as far as you know, going over reports and making recommendations for revision that needs to take place outside our regular meetings. Um, And so uh, I'm again, apologize for the delay in having this report finished. We do hope to have it finished very soon. And at that point, our plan is to email it to everyone on the commission in advance of the meeting and, and then schedule one to two work sessions where any commissioners who are interested and able could attend and give their uh, detailed feedback on um, on revisions for the reports and recommendations. Um, and just as an FYI, part of our recommendations will include how we suggest that the commission continues work on this topic after the special committee dissolves. Uh-huh. because the special committee is um, planned to dissolve. After the report is turned in.
2: Following her report, the commission discussed planning a community event. Song gave an update on a Black genealogy event, which was previously designated as a Juneteenth event, and suggested working with the IU Cinema.
4: Obviously, it's not going to be for Juneteenth now because the time timing. But also, uh, Cammie had already mentioned that she was thinking the event might be better in September or October. Um, because of, I guess, some events that they're planning at the Monroe County History Center around that time, around Black genealogy. Uh, And we are talking to another speaker about possibly uh, working with us on that. So that's a possibility. Another possibility is um, something, again, that's later on the agenda. But for IU Cinema, they actually offer... um, a program called Screen Share, where you can suggest a film. Uh, And uh, I was thinking on the topic of alternative public safety, like one thing we mentioned at the town hall was that our special committee was hoping that our commission might help reframe public safety in our community from a law enforcement lens to a more Mm community-based view of public safety. Um, and there's actually a documentary that came out this year in 2023 that interviewed lots of um, experts on this topic, including Alex Vitali. He's interviewed in this uh, that's making the round in national screenings uh, so that I, I was going to propose uh, that our commission work on um, collaborating with IU Cinema to host that film sometime in the next year. It doesn't have to be in the fall. But then, Ooh, yeah, those really are just my really thoughts on possibilities as well. But again, I, I think there's no reason why we can't do multiple events yeah. as well.
0: I think that's a great idea too. And we could do there for that.
4: Yeah. And we have a thousand dollars funding now. Yeah. So we gotta figure out yeah. I didn't you guys do everything basically for free at the library. Yeah. So we yeah. got yeah. a lot yeah. of options now that it's opened up to. Um, yeah. We, and do you think we could uh, just have like a Google Doc or I don't know if Excel would be better? Just something where we can start targeting in like different ideas for events, mm-hmm. and just so we can all collaborate um, that way.
0: Cool.
5: <laughs> While you're already talking about that, do you, do you just want to move to that a little bit and just discuss how that's going? That um, you kind of mentioned a little bit with that, but just I what's
4: the be- sorry? What's the net?
5: But for the, the the Juneteenth event, you had yeah, mentioned a little yeah, bit. Yeah,
4: so, um, yeah, it's not going to be a Juneteenth event. That would uh, better be changed. The top, the name of that event could be better be described in the agenda as Black Genealogy event rather than Juneteenth. Uh, initially, when Cammie had the idea back in February, she thought maybe Juneteenth, but actually she'd already decided a long time ago that Juneteenth wasn't a good time. Plus, there's lots of Juneteenth events in Bloomington. Um, And so I think also because uh, we're collaborating with the Monroe County History Center on that. And I guess I think September or October, she said, was now the new um, time that we're aiming for. Um, But yeah, the most update is that uh, we reached out to um, some possible speakers in Indianapolis, waited to hear back uh, for a few weeks, did not hear back reached back out to the Monroe County History Center and they gave us the name of a black woman, um, I've got it written here, Um, Caretha Doolin-Hale. She wrote her biography on From Slavery to Statehood, a Family History in the Creek Nation. And so we're talking with her about possibly being a speaker, and um, organizing the event around that. And again, um, I believe the Monroe County History Center has said that they could put up some funds to pay for her. So hopefully we wouldn't need to dip into our own fund um, funds that much for the, for this.
2: The Bloomington Community Advisory on the Public Safety Commission will meet again on July 6th.
3: And now we go to Zero Rose as he asks Hank Duncan, the city's bicycle and pedestrian coordinator, about the progress on the plan for the Allen Street Greenway, which will create a new connection from Walnut Street, cutting west through the McDowell Gardens neighborhood with a route that will include Mother Hubbard's cupboard on Allen Street west of Patterson Drive here in Bloomington. We turn to Zero Rose for more.
5: with us today, Hank Duncan. Uh, He joined the city as bicycle and pedestrian coordinator in October of 2022. Hank graduated from IU in 2019 with a BS in economic consulting and a BA in Germanic studies. He worked for a cycling tourism company in France for a, a few summers ago and he was sales manager for a bike shop in Asheville, North Carolina, through 2020 and 2021. Um, he was also a Little 500 race director at IU Foundation for the 2021 and 2022 races, as well as in the first half of the 22-23 academic year. Uh, currently, Hank is pursuing a master of public affairs in his studies at the O'Neill School of Public and Environmental Affairs. And he also plays cello and piano in the Bloomington Symphony Orchestra. Thanks for being with us today, Hank. That's great to be here. And so we're going to focus on the Allen Street Greenway today, um, which is among a few things that are in progress. A lot of construction going on in these these weeks uh, to the frustrations of particular people, of course. Um these uh bicycle greenways and things are a bit of a bone of contention with some of the locals who don't see the point in it. Um but uh it's looking like a lot more arterial connections are gonna be created across town for uh bikesters and other modes of transit. You wanna uh, start off with kind of explaining what the greenways uh, are, particularly for people?
1: Sure, of course. So a neighborhood greenway in Bloomington is essentially an already relatively low traffic, low speed corridor that could be improved to prioritize pedestrian and cycling move, movements through that area. So we see in high traffic, high speed areas, uh, we might want to build a protected bike lane to complete to build a low stress environment network for. Those folks, but for a lower traffic, lower speed corridor, a protected bike lane might not be needed. So we implement things like traffic calming devices, um, like speed cushions, speed humps, bump outs to essentially calm the traffic down, lower their speed to hopefully around 15 to 20 miles an hour to provide a much more comfortable area for folks to walk in folks to bike in and get from point a to point b
5: and so those are still roads that are still allowing vehicles and parking just so people are clear that it's not some kind of a dedicated uh uh uh, what what do you actually call the uh the multi-use paths i guess for the pave ways is what Mm -hmm. i call them
1: so in bloomington we have a lot of those off street multi-use paths that are 12 or 14 feet wide that are specifically for cyclists and pedestrians, those who walk and roll. The neighborhood greenway is still open to motor vehicle traffic. We just tried to keep that traffic slower to provide a comfortable path for those who walk and roll.
5: And that's mainly by those speed humps, which are a little uh, smoother than a speed, the old speed bumps.
1: Yes. Yeah, so the speed humps and speed cushions that we use for the neighborhood greenways—they are not meant to uh, make a car come to a complete stop before going over it. They are meant to slow a car down to around 15 miles an hour and go over it gradually. So again, it's trying to keep you at that lower speed to make you aware of your surroundings.
5: And I have noticed that there is an opening in the middle of them for. Bikes to be able to go through without having to go over the hump, yes, which ostensibly also would work for motorcycles and mopeds and e bikes and that sort of thing, as a way that they are able to go through, uh, you know, particularly at night, uh, to be a little less surprised by the speed humps, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. And so, the Allen Street Greenway is mm-hmm. going to connect Walnut Street and go all the way past mother hubbard's cupboard it looks like from the the online map yeah uh, are you that's going to create a new way through that doesn't exist right now from walnut uh through uh, over what is it madison mm-hmm. in that McDowell gardens neighborhood yeah uh, so- is there going to be some uh particular things besides the speed humps done along allen as it's uh what is it west of patterson because mm-hmm. it's kind of a uh there's a hill there right before mother hubbard's covered and it's kind of a point where people speed up so i presume there's going to be I, I don't know if you're going to do any other kind of pylons or anything like that so
1: not currently the the phases of this project that have already that have already been completed and that we're working on right now first um completed last year was the east allen neighborhood greenway, which connected Bryan Park and Henderson over to Walnut. And then being constructed right now is the West Allen Neighborhood Greenway connecting Patterson with Madison. And then currently in the public outreach phase um, that hopefully if approved will be constructed next year is the West Allen Neighborhood Greenway connector, which will connect Allen from Madison to Morton and the B line through an existing right of way area that will be then developed into a ramp for um, cyclists and pedestrians only that will connect
5: all of Allen from Patterson over to Bryan Park. Hmm. And uh, so, as far as that part uh, west of Patterson, you say that's a, a later stage?
1: So right now, at as far as I know, that's not something that we're working on currently. It is still um something, especially as we get into the revisions of the transportation plan coming up later this year. That is an area that I think needs some work. But in terms of this specific neighborhood greenway project, that is not in the scope of it.
5: And so is there still some process of with the uh, public input to go on?
1: For that um the West Allen connector, um, that is what we're doing right now. We just hosted our first public meeting last week over at the V-line and Allen intersection. We had a nice group of folks show up, um, ask questions, voice any concerns or positive thoughts about the project and what they might want the project to look like. We'll host another public meeting later this summer if anybody's interested in Putting, putting out their thoughts, uh, there is a page on the City of Bloomington's website. If you just Google West Allen Neighborhood Greenway Connector, you'll find it. And there are tons of ways for the public to get involved on that process.
5: And is there anything to do with um, ADA or wheelchair access that's that's part of any of this green. this particular greenway? Yeah, so
1: this connector, actually, that's the main... Uh point right now is that section from Madison to Morton that is currently undeveloped but is right of way. There is a very steep slope, about 15 to 20 percent in gradient um, that goes up to Madison on the western side there. And so that is one of our main points of concern is how do we make this as ADA compliant as possible when building this?
5: And so is that to do with uh, ramping to curbs that sort of thing
1: yeah so there there are a few different ways you can do it we we've sat down and kind of proposed different options but there there's nothing set in stone of what we're doing going forward and i think that i think we'll need to talk to other folks in the city about that especially those who worked on the ada transition plan um but whether that's a constant slope running from top to bottom, whether that's having some levels off in there to provide some some levels for wheelchair users or those who are just tired biking up that hill, um, whether it's maybe putting in switchbacks if there is room, those are all on the table. And that's another main question of what we would like from the public in terms of input for this project.
5: And uh, have you had any kind of uh, frictions or interest groups try to throw a wrench into to any of this uh, any of these plans or anything else around town?
1: No, no, not really. I mean, there there are there are always going to be parties that are not directly benefited by projects like these. But it's up to us to make sure that the process is smooth from start to finish and really communicate the why of what we're doing. Um, Why are we doing this? It's to prioritize multimodal transportation, active transportation around the city. It's to limit and reduce and hopefully eliminate traffic fatalities, traffic, severe injuries, and make it a safer place to move from point A to point B in Bloomington.
5: And also, I imagine it's part of the uh, climate action plan to reduced miles traveled by vehicles and emissions for contributing to climate change.
1: Yeah, there there are a few of our community's goals in the climate action plan and the comprehensive plan that directly support what we're doing with neighborhood greenways and other multimodal projects around the region.
2: Up next, we have Lil Bub's Little Show, a co-production between WFHB and Lil Bub's Big Fund. We turn now to that segment.
0: Welcome to Lil Bub's Lil Show, a weekly co-production from WFHB and Lil Bub's Big Fund. We highlight adoptable animals with special needs in South Central Indiana and spotlight topics to promote human animal welfare.
6: If you see a wild animal that is alive but injured, such as from a domestic animal or a car, There are a few things you can do to potentially help. First, local wildlife rehabilitator, WildCare, advises do not pick up a wild animal with bare hands. If you can, keep the animal where it is. But if it must be moved, try to use gloves and keep the animal in a warm, quiet area Do not feed the animal or give the animal medicine. And do not keep a wild animal as a pet. For example, if you see a turtle in the street and it is uninjured, you can help it cross the road by putting it on the side of the road in the direction that it was heading. If the turtle is injured in any way, it needs your help. Turtles should be handled with gloves, but can be handled safely with bare hands if you wash or sanitize your hands immediately after handling. In addition to turtles, Wild Care may be able to assist with animals such as bats, opossums, rabbits, squirrels, snakes, frogs, toads, and birds. They do not accept adult deer, adult raccoons, adult skunks, or adult coyotes, you can call Wild Care at 812 323 1313. In the spirit of prevention, did you know that free roaming cats can make a negative impact on our native bird and small animal populations? Cats with uncontrolled outdoor access also face increased risks of disease, injury, poisoning, in permanent separation from their owner. Before letting a pet cat roam free, the City of Bloomington Animal Care and Control recommends using a screened-in catio or fencing your yard with cat-proof fencing. These options limit predation while allowing your cat to experience the joys of being outside.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Lil Bub's Lil Show on WFHB, produced in partnership with Lil Bub's Big Fund. For more info on today's featured animal and topic, find us online at goodjobbub.org and wfhb.org.
2: You've been listening to the WFHB local news. Today's headlines were written by Noelle Herhusky-Schneider in partnership with CATS, Community Access Television Services. Our feature was produced by Zero Rose.
3: Our theme music is provided by Mark Bingham and The Social Climbers. Lil Bub's Little Show is produced by Christine Brackenoff and Stacey Burdowski. For WFHB, I'm Cade
2: Young. And I'm Benedict Jones. a program that explores science and technology. Coming up next on WFHB Community Radio.
3: You've been listening to the WFHB Local News on WFHB Community Radio.